minutes to preach it. Can it happen? No, I'm not stopping. Praise God. Let's get right into it. Part two of our series, Signs. Everybody say, here's your sign. Last week, how many was here last week? No parking. I tell you what, we've had more people share that sermon than we've had in a long time. If you had not got a chance to watch it, go catch up at SolidRockTV.com. SolidRockTV.com is where you can find all of our previous messages. But today, you probably figured it out, part two is called Stop. There's a stop sign up today. Mm, I, can't, I can't say stop without saying, in the name of love. It just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. Every road has signs. We're surrounded by signs every day. Signs. Signs. Restroom signs. Parking signs. Checkout signs. Exit signs. In fact, if you really start trying to be conscious because of this series of how many signs you see in your everyday life, you will be blown away. And then you have to ask yourself, what would my life be like? How would I be able to do what I need to do on a daily basis if all the signs were taken away? It would be complete confusion. There would be some things that you would know how to do, and most of those are repetitious things that you've done all your life. But if you ever, now listen, I'm trying to get you something right now. Get this in your spirit. If you ever want to go to a place you've never been. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. See, some of y'all done made proclamations over 2020 that you want to do something that you've never done. If you want to do something you've never done and go somewhere you've never gone, you're going to need to see the sign. Here's how I know that. You ain't never been there. You don't know how to get there. But God is going to put the signs in your way to get you where he wants you to get. But you got to be willing to obey the signs. I wish I had somebody to help me this morning. See, the problem is we pay attention to the signs most of the time, not all the time, but most of the times in the natural, but we ignore the signs in the spirit. They're probably more important than the signs in the natural. In fact, if you read the signs of the spirit, Some of y'all would begin to see some signs in the natural that you're missing right now. Here's your sign. Red light, stop signs, yield signs, one-way signs. Without them, it would be chaos. Can you imagine trying to navigate the streets of Birmingham downtown without street signs, one-way signs, and red lights? Even with all that, I hate driving downtown. I have a panic attack sometimes have to pray in the Holy Ghost just to get somewhere. Because I'm used to Blunt County. Stop. Somebody shout stop. Stop. A little bit about a stop sign. You might be interested to know this. There's a reason why it's an octagon. It's an octagon because scientists and experts say that the octagon is the most powerful attention-getting shape in all of humanity. Eyes go to the octagon more than any shape. I heard one preacher say one time, uh, he said, if it was shaped like a donut or a drumstick, it might get my attention a little better. But There's a reason it's an octagon because it draws the attention of the eyes. It's red 
Because red is the most attention-grabbing color. It's big and it's simple. Four letters. Spell it out with me. S-T-O-P spells what? Stop. So when you see a big, giant, octagon, red sign, the simplicity of the words, it's trying to help you. In fact, the reason it says stop, look at your neighbor and tell them stop. Let me make it real for you. It is trying, it is red, it is big, it is the most attention-getting shape, and it has four big giant letters for one reason, to save your life. Some of y'all think it's to aggravate you. Some of y'all think it's to slow you down. But it's really saving your life. I'm going to read one scripture out of the New Living Translation because I love how it says it. Jeremiah 31, 21 in the New Living Translation says this. Set up road signs. Put up guideposts. Mark well the path which you came. Come, come back again, my virgin Israel. Return to your towns there. In other words, what it's saying is, you may have found a path, but if you want to get back and do it again and teach others how to get it, you need to put up signs. You need to put up guideposts to not only remind you to how to get back there again, but to help others get where you need to go. Every road, every journey has signs throughout the journey. But none are more important than stop. It's probably the most important road sign of all signs. Because without it, death could come your way. When people run through it, it's selfish, it's inwardly focused, and it could cause serious, life-changing results to them and to the lives of others. Have you ever driven down a road and saw an accident on the road that had just happened? Ambulances and police were not even there yet. It was on your path. And you say to yourself, well, if it wasn't for that stop sign, if it wasn't for that red light, that could have been me. Now, that's not to belittle what, who it was. It's not to say you're better, your life is better than theirs, but how many knows that's what we do? The very stop sign that we hate and loathe, at that moment we thank God for it. At that moment, because it is so new of a wreck that the, the help is not even there yet, you realize that that person that is staggering on the side of the road, or even worse than that, was at that same stop sign or at that same, same red light mere seconds or minutes before you. But the stop sign doesn't mean that you're better than them, but for you, it stopped you and delayed you just enough. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. So that you would not be blindsided by some idiot looking at their phone and checking their Facebook going down the road. Stop signs. Stop signs sometimes don't look like a big red octagon. Sometimes stop signs look like a storm in your life. Sometimes stop signs look like a diagnosis 
I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I'm thinking about Acts, Acts 27. I ain't going to read it because it's too long. But I'm going to tell you the story. You can read it later. Acts 27 is the story of when Paul had been arrested and he was being taken in a ship. And he gets in that ship. And he's getting in that ship in chains with other prisoners and the crew of the ship. Paul hears a word from God. And he says to, he speaks and he says, God told me to tell you. This ship, this ship journey is not going to be what you think. This ship is going down. He said, you're going to lose the ship. You're going to lose the cargo. And everyone is going to lose their lives. In other words, God was using a person to set up a stop sign. But the men of this ship ignored the stop sign and pushed forward. So many people around you, God will give you a word for them, but they don't want to listen to it because God gave you the word and they don't want to listen to it and they think they know what's going on so they'll ignore sometimes when God's trying to use another person to put up a stop sign. I ain't trying to tell you how to run your life, but there's been a lot of times as your pastor, I've been trying to help you. There's people that's left this church, people that are in this church thinking about leaving this church, and I'm doing my best to try to tell you. I'm not saying everybody's ever come to this church, you gotta stay at this church, but when the devil starts trying to tell you to put it in drive and leave, but it ain't your time to leave, if God help me, I'll put a stop sign down in front of you and tell you, try to tell you, it ain't right. Some of y'all jerk that stop sign up and say, oh, but you don't know like I know. I know that. I can't run your life. don't want to run your life. But stop in the name of love. God sent up a stop sign. He spoke to Paul and told him to tell the crew there was a storm coming. And they could lose everything. They got into the ship and started going. And God said, you know what? You're on the ship. So I'm going to tell you to change it up a little bit because you're on the ship. I ain't through with you. That's like I heard the preacher say one time when he was on an airplane and the airplane started going up and down with turbulence and everybody started panicking. He stood up and said, everybody be calm. And they're like, what? Why? How can you be calm? He said, you ain't got no worries about this airplane going down. How do you know that? He said, because I'm on the airplane and I ain't, God ain't through with me yet. So everything's going to be all right. Sit down. So God told him, he said, look, tell him this. He said, the ship is going to be destroyed. Everything on this ship is going to be destroyed. But if you'll do what I tell you to do, there'll be no loss of life. Many days the ship drifted, and then a storm. How, how many knows this is pretty bad when you got a storm that's named in the Bible? This was before the National Weather Service started naming hurricanes. They named this storm in the Bible. It said, and there arose a storm named Eurachlodon. Ooh, that's a good trivia question for you there. It was a tempest, a storm, a nor'easter came. And hit the ship and ripped it to pieces, threw it up against a, a, a large rock, it hit and destroyed. But they got out and they swam to shore. Just like God said, everybody's life was saved. Are you hearing me? 
But how many knows that didn't even have to happen? Even to that place, if they'd have just stopped at the stop sign. See, God stopped the journey for the protection of Paul. God stopped. It looked like, okay, all right, so they got on the ship, so now they're going to pay for it. But even though they, they, the ship went down, God already showed his man, I'm going to throw up a stop sign. It's going to look like a storm. Nobody else is going to see it. Nobody else is going to know what's going on, but you're going to know what's going on. And you're especially going to know what's going on when you get to the island that I'm going to take you to. So he went to an island, swam to an island, and he ended up through many different things happening. A snake jumped out in the fire and latched on his hand, and then he shook the snake off in the fire, and all of a sudden the people on the island said, oh my goodness, tell Tell us about your God. And the whole island got saved. Because God threw up a stop sign in the form of a storm. I got news for you. Sometimes when a storm comes, sometimes it's meant by the, de- the devil to take you out. But sometimes it's meant to stop you. Because I got news for you. Around 12 o'clock yesterday, there was a few of you that just couldn't help but had to get out. But most people were not driving out on the road around 1130, 12 or 1230 when 65-mile-an-hour winds were coming in. So you were forced to stop. Some of y'all were forced to spend time with your kids that you ain't spent time with in forever because you was in the house with them. Stop signs do not always look like stop signs. Sometimes stop signs look like... I'm talking about God's stop signs. God placed stop signs sometimes look like the devil. Hmm? Some of y'all been talking to that sweet thing in the next cubicle. Huh? You ain't done nothing wrong yet. But you on the verge. And all of a sudden, everybody's going to go to lunch one day. You get invited to go. But at the last minute, something happened. God just put up a stop sign. Are y'all hearing me? To keep you from doing something stupid. But sometimes, sometimes you sick as a dog, can't get out of bed. And we know sicknesses of the devil. Let me tell you how stupid the devil is. The devil's so stupid that he don't even know, and I, don't, I know some of y'all ain't going to know how to know how to handle this and process what I'm about to say. He don't even know sometimes he does what he does at the direction of God to stop you. Do you think for a moment that I think God ruptured my appendix in 2007 and placed poison, enough poison to kill five men throughout my body and caused infection after infection after infection and my house to, to catch on fire and things go on in my life like I'd never had been in my entire life. So five out of the first six months of my life, I was in the hot of that 2007 year. I was in the hospital. The last day I was in the hospital for 31 days straight for 28 and a half days. Not a drop of water, not a piece of food, not even a wet sponge touched my lips I laid there cursing the devil cursing the devil cursing the devil and then finally one day I had enough and instead of 
taken speaking against the devil. I started speaking against God. I let God have it. In the midst of an attack from the devil like I have never been through in my life. When I got through telling God everything I thought of him and how I thought he had abandoned me and how blah, blah, blah. I'm a pastor, y'all. Been pastor for many years at that time. I heard these simple words. Are you through? Now let me tell you. Now that I finally got you to shut up, lay down. Nobody else is in the room. You sit there and tell me about me. Let me tell you about you. And for the next 45 minutes to an hour, God peeled layers off of me and exposed me. That hospital bed, that tube in my neck and that tube in my side was of the devil. But it was a stop sign that I needed. So when I got out of that hospital... I got down on my knees and I begged my wife to forgive me for the man that I was. I begged my children to forgive me for the father I had been. Are y'all hearing me? Stop signs. See, we need to rebuke the devil. We need to tell that mountain to go. But sometimes when it ain't gone after the first 20 times you rebuked it, you might need to take a deep breath and say, okay, God, I'm listening. Huh? Sometimes you might just need to say, okay, you got my attention. There's a reason you ain't moving that mountain. If I got to climb it, if I got to climb it, what do you want me to teach? What are you trying to teach me? If you are teachable, you are reachable. But if you are not teachable, you are not reachable. Sometimes stop signs are used to force us to think about others. When you pull up to that stop sign, what you're really doing is it's not stopping you. You are stopping to look for others or maybe depending on what type of interchange it is, you're stopping your journey so someone else can continue theirs. Are you hearing me? While you're getting so mad... That you had to stop. What you forget is somebody else stopped right before you. They already paid the price and got there before you. But you want to jump ahead of time. So you, but you got to stop. Look around at the order in which they came at the four-way and let them go. Are you hearing me, church? Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm sorry. It ain't all about you. Huh? My God, look at the people lined up at this four-way. I ain't never going to get there. And all you're trying to do is get somewhere to get you something to eat. And you mad at the world. But what you don't realize sometimes is while you're sitting there at that four-way, and you're the fourth one to get there, and you saw it coming. You got to wait for those, you know, one here, one here, one here, one here. You know how it works. You're sitting there. 
You're thinking nothing about, nothing about yourself because you're so mad because you're going to be late. But what you don't realize is that person to your left that's at the other stop sign, they're at a stop sign freaking out. They just got a call that their child is OD'd in the hospital. They should run through the stop sign. But they still have to stop. And while you're worried about your hamburger or you're worried about getting to somebody's house before the game starts, you might be trying to stop somebody else that's trying to get into a situation that's well beyond what you're going through. It ain't about you, folks. Stop in the name of love. It happened to Paul. Sometimes you hear from God. You're excited about God. You know where you're going. And God will step in and say, stop. I got to get your eyes off what you thought you had your eyes on. I got something else for you. Acts chapter 16 said, when Paul was preaching all over the place, he says, uh, verse, verse 6, now when they had gone to, to uh, Figia and to the region of Galatia, watch this, they were forbidden. By the Holy Spirit to preach in Asia. you got to understand when you go back a few verses, you'll see Paul done told everybody, I'm going to Asia. I'm going to start some churches in Asia. That's what God's called me to do. But while they're getting ready to go, Holy Spirit stepped in, put a stop sign up, and forbid them to preach the word in Asia. Why would God do that? They were, and after that, they come to, to Mysia. They tried to go to Bithynia. But the Spirit of God did not permit them. Put up another stop sign. So, passing by Mysia, they came down to Troash. Still not, why, why you keep moving us, God? Why you keep putting stop signs up? Verse 9. A vision appeared to Paul in the night of a man in Macedonia. Standing up and pleading with him, saying, Paul, come to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen this vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Notice they didn't say, noticing that God stopped me from going to Asia, stopped me from going to Bithynia. No, Paul understood a stop sign. God, if the Holy Spirit has stopped me, he stopped me for a reason. He doesn't mean the people in Asia do not need the gospel. He doesn't mean the people in Bithynia doesn't need the gospel. But for whatever reason, God saw faith in one man standing up and praying, God, please send that apostle Paul to help me. Stop. Stop. You going to stop me again? When he turned towards Macedonia and saw the vision, he saw a green light. Go. See, the stop sign will cause you to pause, even if it is for a second, and realize there's more people on this road than you. Oh, it's good preaching. See, God wants you to have the desires of your heart, but the desires of your heart should be the desires of his heart. And sometimes what you think you want is not what he wants for you. See, I'm going to tell you something. He knows more of what you need than what you know of what you need. 
Sometimes God will do more than even put a stop sign. Sometimes he'll tear the road up because he knows that a stop sign ain't even going to stop you. So he'll just take the road out. Huh? Sometimes he'll have to do what they've been doing down in Birmingham and make you take detours all over the place because he knows if I just left it up to them, they'd still try to go down the, and go, go around this and go around that. So I'm just going to take the road out. That's how much God loves you. I got to hurry. Stop signs. Not only stop you for your safety and keep you from things that you might have been involved in if that stop sign would have been there. Not only do they cause you to think of others, but stop signs are intended to bring order to your and everyone else's journey. Order. That's a cuss word in some people's lives. Because when you hear a preacher talk about order, that you need to flow in order, this is all you hear if you're religious. And if you've lived a life like all you hear is, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Huh? My mama taught me. My daddy taught me. Don't you take no junk off of nobody. You don't let nobody tell you. You're your own man. You're your own woman. Huh? See, when you're going through high speed, at a high speed, and you're on your mission, and you're, you got a call, you're anointed by God. I mean, you're wide open. You know, the one thing that if you're not careful, you ain't thinking about is order. Because once you know God has told you something and he does it, now you think everything you hear is God telling you to do it. And you don't want to hear nothing else anybody else got to say. But if you don't have an intimate relationship with God, if you ain't spending time with God, if you're not careful, you will not be able to know the difference between the voice of God, the voice of the devil, and the voice of yourself. Sometimes God's got to throw a stop sign up in your life so that you'll quit listening to what you think is God. If you think God is telling you to talk about your pastor behind his back, you need a stop sign. Even if your pastor is in sin and in rebellion, he didn't tell you to start going and telling everybody about it. He told you to pray for it. In some churches, people ain't got to worry about potluck dinners because they're so full on having preacher for breakfast, preacher for lunch, and preacher for dinner. Chewing them up and spitting them out. Oh, you, you done heard from God. Nobody else can tell you anything. You better watch it. You might be one of them to not even throw a road sign up. You might be traveling down your bridge you built for yourself, and all of a sudden there are going to be some other signs, giant flashing signs. Turn around. Bridge out. Bridge out. You will die. You will die. You are going down. I rebuke you, devil. I'm telling you right now, I'm convinced. A lot of the devils that we rebuke, we don't even realize that we're rebuking God. You didn't get to do what you wanted to do and you're rebuking the devil. Well, you didn't get to do what you, you wanted to do. Maybe it's because God knew you wasn't ready for it and you was going to destroy it if you went into it right now. 
1 Corinthians 4, 14, 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Mm. See, though, sometimes the only way chaos can change in your life is a blunt stop. Sometimes you have to lose something in order to focus on what God wants you to focus on. I'm preaching good today. Signs, signs, everywhere signs. Another thing stops you need to know about stop signs, this is my last point, is this. Stop signs are the law. They didn't ask your permission if you lock them. It's the law. In fact, let's get real, y'all. I'm going to close with this one. Stop signs. Let's put it back up here one more time. Then we'll go back to our signs low. Let's put it up here because I think, I think some people don't understand. What does that say? S-T-O-P spells stop. This is how some of y'all look at that. R-O-L-L. As long as you go from 70 to 5 to 7 and you look and ain't nobody coming, in your mind, you stopped. But if you try to go through center point over there by the park, Polly Reed Road, how many has ever got a ticket from over there? Raise your hand if you look at y'all. Come on, I didn't, I'm sorry I didn't mean to bring it up because I know y'all mad and I want to kill somebody. But look, but look, look, I hate those cameras. I hate all of that over there, but let me just tell you. Let me just be, before you get all mad, let me just tell you. Before you ever get to the stop sign, it says, please understand you are being videoed and pictures are being taken of you. Next sign. Pictures are going to be taken of you at the stop sign. Next sign, big giant line, come to a complete stop. Next sign, come to a complete stop behind this line. I'm talking about, it tells you you're going to be photographed. It tells you come to a complete stop. And now it even tells you Come to a complete stop, but even if you come to a complete stop on the other side of the line, you're still not doing what you're supposed to do. So come to a complete stop on this side of the line. I'm telling you, I hate it too, but I got news for you. I come to a complete stop on this side of the line, and it goes against everything in my nature. My body starts tingling. I start getting mad. I want to say things that I know God would not be pleased with. But I got news for you. I've traveled that road hundreds of times. And I ain't never got a ticket. Because I came to a complete stop on this side of the line. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about blinkers. That ain't a sign, but it needs to be a sign on every road. Use your blinker. Stop signs, whether you like it or not, means stop. If you got a ticket for rolling a stop sign, which I have got before, you can find it if you want to, but the reality is, let's tell the truth, man. You know you rolled it. You know you rolled it. Numbers 32, 23 says, 
But if you do not do so, then take note. You have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. See, see, here's the thing. The camera at the intersection, it, well, I, I tried to write, maybe this is a prophetic thing. I tried to write intersection, and I wrote, the camera at the intersection in center point. How many knows there's a difference between the intersection and intersection? Maybe the Lord was telling me I'm supposed to be praying as I go through center point, praying for the city, praying for the mayor, and praying for myself that I don't break the law. Here's the reality. Center point tells you, I got my eye on you. But now wait a minute. We come to a complete stop behind the line. Pause, even though it's killing us. For the world. But we hear the Lord say, stop. Don't move. And we'd be like, okay, God, I hear you. I got you, God. Speak to me, Jesus. Stop! I hear you, Lord. I hear you, Lord. Am I preaching right? We think as long as we're just barely moving, we'll be obedient. But when God says stop, when God says shut up, you ever told you ever, you ever been talking so you ever been talking to your kid and you say look, look you just need to stop talking I promise you stop that my mouth stop talking shut up they're trying to explain to you that they're going to shut up Yeah, just one more thing. Just one more thing. I'll shut up. No, no. That's how God feels. God will say, go. And you'll say, okay, God, I'll go. But everything you say after but is all he heard. That's what he's operating on, I should say. Now watch this. i got to hurry. It's 12.01. What's this? Everybody else took my time today. What's this? There's a, there's a story in the Word of God. It's found in Numbers chapter 16. And a plague began to be infected upon the people of God. And people were dying. They were literally falling off. There was a wave of this plague was sweeping across over a million people. And you could watch them dying. Moses goes to God. Now watch this. And says, God, quickly tell me what I need to do. Watch this. So God speaks to Moses, and Moses then speaks to his brother Aaron. This is what he says. So Moses says to Aaron, take a censer and put fire in the middle of the altar. From the altar, excuse me. Put fire in it from the altar. Put incense on it and take it quickly. Everybody shout quickly. Take it quickly to the congregation. Make atonement for them, for the wrath of God has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. Then Aaron took it as Moses commanded, ran into the midst of the assembly, and already the plague had begun among the people. So he put in the incense, made atonement for the people. Now watch this. And he stood, he ran out, he leaped over all the dead bodies. He didn't stop running until he got past the edge of death. 
And he stood between the dead and the living, held up the censer, and the plague was what? Stopped. Now those who died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who died in the Korah incident. So Abraham returned to Moses at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting for the plague had stopped. Sometimes a stop sign is not placed by the Holy Ghost in your life to stop you. Sometimes and many times throughout your life, God will put the stop sign in your hand and tell you it is time for you to run between the living and the dead of the family of your nation. I'll just tell you right now, I'm sick and tired of people complaining about our nation and nobody's running between the living and the dead. Nobody is standing. I'm not talking about, some of y'all think, well, if we just stood between the Republicans and the Democrats, that's all we need to do. No, listen, let me tell you something. Every Republican, every Democrat is a human being that Jesus Christ died on the cross for. You don't need to be standing between the Republicans and the Democrats. You need to be standing between the plague and the healing. And you need to hold up the only thing that can stop it. And that is the Word of God. It is the fire of the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all need to run to the edge of what is happening on your family. Jump over some things of the past. Jump over some things. Jump over some pain. Just get past the pain and get all the way to where everything is behind you. Stop. Hold up the name of Jesus. Jesus and say stop it that's enough one man one man stood are y'all hearing me stood in front of 14,700 dead bodies he had to run over through that death. God didn't tell him to stand in the middle of death and do it. He said, you've got to stop this plague at its origin. Some of you, it's a generational curse. I'm the way I am because my mama was that way or my daddy was that way. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. That's the way we all are. Can I just say something be blunt? Some of you people, you'll say things like this. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, people don't like me because I tell it like it is. I just share my mind. I got no filter. My mama didn't have a filter. I don't have a filter. But can I tell you something? You need a filter. We're all tired of hearing your crap. We're all tired of hearing you throwing up. That's just the way I am. Well, guess what? I used to be a certain way too, and then I got saved. Well, y'all coming back next Sunday? You still love me? Some of y'all, you ain't got to stop loving your mama even if she don't change. You ain't got to stop loving your daddy even if they don't change. Some of y'all got to stand between the generational things that's been passed down and say, stop it, that's enough. My kids ain't going to act like this and I ain't going to act like this. 
Some of y'all's mama died of cancer. Some of y'all's mama had heart disease. Some of your mama had this. Some of your daddy had this kind of disease. And the doctor told you that you're a prime candidate for it. You need to hold up the word of God and say, stop it. That's enough. I say, cancer, stop it. That's enough. Heart disease, stop it. That's enough. Diabetes, stop it. That's enough. High blood pressure, stop it. That's enough. Stop it. Stop it. There's a stop sign called the Word of God put before everything that came before me. Hey, devil, you can't cross the blood of Jesus. I have drawn a line in the blood of Jesus. You can't cross that line. Stop it. Stop it. Your daddy was an alcoholic. Stop it. You don't drink no alcohol. Your daddy was a drug addict. Stop it. No more drugs in your family. My mama and my daddy was divorced this many times, that many times. That don't mean you got an easy out. Fight for your marriage and break divorce. If you have been divorced and remarried, or in a, I'm not preaching against you or preaching down to you. I'm just saying as you go forth from this point, whether you ever get married again, stay single the rest of your life, or you're praying for somebody to come into your life, how about this? How about whoever it is, whenever you say, I do, put up a stop sign. And say, every temptation to escape from this one, I can't get past it. Because I've stopped it. Today is your stop sign. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I want you to shout this with me. Today, I stop the patterns of my life that have led me to destruction. Today, I stop lying and gossiping. Today, I stop sickness, anxiety, stress. Today, I stop being childish. It's time for me to grow up Today, I stop listening to people who are not pointing me to my purpose. Today, I stop and I break every habit that you, that I am ready to be done with. Today, I stop and break every generational curse that has gone before me. The buck stops here. Stop it, devil. That's enough. Give him a shout of praise right now. All over this house. Come on. Now the biggest stop sign you could ever throw up in the devil's face is when he tells you you're a sinner bound for hell. How about the biggest stop sign that it was ever planted into the dirt of the world is when they put that cross down in the ground and put it in the ground on top of Mount Calvary. Jesus said, when this sign is lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Jesus was lifted up on that cross. And when he said it is finished, that was the biggest stop sign that's ever been placed in the face of the devil. If there's sin in your life today, there's some things you need to get right with God. I'm going to challenge you to come out and come up here and let me pray for you. We're going to let you go in a minute, but don't start slipping out yet. Pray for these people. If anybody needs to rededicate their life to God or give their life to Christ, come on. Praise the Lord for those. Come on. Let's give them, let's, give them, let's show them some encouragement, y'all.